Holy Gospel is found in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, so will serve as the basis for our meditation this morning. As they approached Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there in which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and he will send it back here without delay. They left and found a colt on the street tied at a door, and they untied it. Some who were standing there asked them, What are you doing untying that colt? The disciples answered them just as Jesus had instructed them, and the men let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus, threw their garments on it, and Jesus sat on it. Many people spread their garments on the road. Others spread branches that they had cut from the fields. Those who went in front and those who followed were crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If there's any time of year that's a musical time of year, it's this time of year, right? Already before Thanksgiving, radio stations were switching over their formats to Christmas music or holiday music 24-7, and if they didn't do it before Thanksgiving, many of them certainly have done it since Thanksgiving. You go out shopping, you go into a store, and you hear holiday music, you hear Christmas music. You don't, uh, sometimes it's subtle, Sometimes it blares. Anyway, that, that music, uh, uh, those, uh, you, those retailers, they know that if their stores are decorated for the holidays and they're playing that music, you're more likely to buy their products than you would if it was just the ordinary you know, elevator music or, or, or pop music. Schools like ours or, or musical groups, they're, they're getting ready for concerts or for Christmas programs. They host those concerts and Christmas programs. I mean, even here in our church, we're getting ready for the special services around Christmas filled with music. And so it's a musical time of year. You hear all kinds of songs from silly songs about jingly bells or snowmen or jolly elves or reindeer or donkeys. And then you hear those emotional songs that, that tug at your heartstrings. You know, songs about white Christmases and warm family gatherings and shoes. Yet even among all those secular songs, you do hear familiar Christmas carols. Joy to the world. Silent night. Oh, holy night. Hark the herald angels sing. Doesn't matter who their performer is. They're, they're singing these songs that are speaking of the Savior to come. You don't expect this time of year to hear songs like Stars and Stripes Forever. Bum, 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 bum. You, know, you, you don't expect to hear uh, I Know That My Redeemer Lives, that familiar Easter hymn we love to sing, or, or Take Me Out to the Ball Game. So why hear this song today? Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Why do we hear the unexpected plea, save us, please, Lord, save us, please? And yet we hear that song not from desperate voices. We do not hear it from people who are in danger, but we hear it from men and women and children who are shouting and singing at the top of their lungs, singing the praises of an unusual king entering the ancient city of Jerusalem. As I mentioned to the kids in the children's message, this is a song we usually hear in the springtime right before Easter. 
Why hear this song today at the start of Advent when we expect to hear Christmas songs along with the rest of the world? Well, this unusual song has everything to do with the unusual king who enters Jerusalem triumphantly on the back of a donkey. He comes not to take a throne, but to make a painful journey to a criminal's cross. Yet this same king will come again, ripping open the heavens and to bring judgment on our world. Sacrifice and judgment, you know, those are not Christmassy themes. But the song we hear is most Advent appropriate. Hosanna to the coming king. Jesus knew that the end of his journey was near and it wasn't just because he could see Jerusalem. The time had come to finish the work that he had come into this world to do, to conquer mankind's greatest enemies by his own death on a cross. To make that entrance, however, Jesus sent two disciples ahead to to a, a village to carry out a special task. Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there in which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and he will send it back here without delay. Now, Jesus had walked nearly the entire journey uh, to get to Jerusalem here, almost along with his disciples. They they walked nearly 90 miles in all. They could see Jerusalem just over the hill. Why get a ride now? Was he suddenly tired? No, Jesus was the coming king foretold by the prophets. And see, one of the prophets by the name of Zechariah had foretold this. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and brings salvation. He is humble and is riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. If this unusual king was coming to save humanity, even his entrance into Jerusalem was going to be unusual. A donkey, a beast of burden, not a war horse, was going to carry him and would be his ride. Now, Christ's divine nature is even more evident when you realize that he was going to ride a colt who had never had someone ride it before. And he was going to ride that colt through shouting, singing, cheering, joy-filled crowds with no problem at all. Even that beast of burden knew that the king that he bore was God himself. As the all-knowing God, Jesus knew exactly where the disciples would find this colt exactly what question the disciples would be asked and and exactly what answer would satisfy the questioner. Jesus told his disciples to give a royal answer. The Lord needs it. The Lord was requisitioning this colt for his special one-time use. He'd make sure it got back safely. And everything played out exactly as Jesus had said. They left and found a colt on the street tied at a door and they untied it. Some who were standing there asked them, what are you doing untying that colt? The disciples answered just as Jesus had instructed them, and the men let them go. All these things were reasons why great songs of praise would be sung to this unusual king making his advent or entrance into Jerusalem. Yes, Jesus guided all events, but what was even more amazing is how willing Jesus was, was to go through all of this. I mean, Jesus knew what was coming. He knew he would be praised as king, but he also knew that those same crowds would turn on him later in the week. He wouldn't be the glorious earthly king that they expected, but more like the Passover lamb they were about to slaughter. Jesus appeared to be going to war unprepared. No army stood behind him. No war horse marched beneath him. His only weapon was the name of the Lord, 
but still he came to save. Jesus knew exactly what he was about to endure. His own disciples would abandon him. His father would forsake him. He would die like a criminal. And yet Jesus still willingly laid aside his glory and power to become a slave for us. Jesus willingly took our crushing sins, our deserved punishment, and our death on his own shoulders to give us forgiveness. But there's also something else that's striking here. It's not just Jesus' display of power over all things or his willingness to go to the cross, but also the simple trust of his disciples. When he sent two of his disciples to go and carry out that task of securing the colt, they went without question. They didn't object to what Jesus had to say. They didn't go, Lord, that sounds kind of strange. They simply carried out his command without hesitation. They simply did what Jesus sent them to do. They had already seen Jesus do far greater things, so they trusted what Jesus had to say. Are we always like that? Do we always take Jesus at his word? When he makes a promise to be with us to the very end of time, do we always trust him? Do, are we always willing to let go uh, our, our, of our own, our own self-confidence? Are we always confident of his loving presence? When he promises to hear and answer our prayers, even to open the floodgates of heaven, are we always willing to let go of that dependence on ourselves and trust in him? When he declares that the payment for our sins is paid, are we always quick to let go of our guilt? Sadly, we're not always like as trusting as those disciples were, but yet they were very much like us. You see, last week, uh, this, that very week, they were going to fail Jesus. They were going to fail to trust in him. In, the hour, in his hour of need, Jesus' disciples would betray or abandon him or even deny that they even knew him. Yet Jesus still came to save them and he came to save us. He came to, to be there for us even when we've forsaken him. He came to fulfill all his promises with a perfect life and even death on a cross because we can't. He came to defeat our sin, our guilt, and our death so we can simply trust what he tells us in his word. He came to save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus' followers also showed their trust in him by the way, they welcomed him. For many of them, the only possession they had, can we turn the TV off, please? TV's off. You've got to get a little closer, I think. Jesus' followers also showed their trust in him by the way they welcomed him. For many of those people in those crowds, including his own disciples, the one possession they had was the cloak on their back. Yet when Jesus needed a saddle on the back of that donkey, they didn't hesitate to pull their cloaks off and put them on that animal, or even to lay them on the ground so the king's feet would not drag on the ground on that colt, and, and not even caring what that colt might leave behind. They ran out. They cut down palm branches, ancient symbols of victory. They waved them in the air. They placed them on the ground in the roadway. They waved them in honor of this coming king. They sang the ancient words, that ancient Advent song, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. The urgent cry of save us please became a jubilant song of praise. 
You see, those ancient songs, those ancient words came from psalms that spoke of the Messiah's final victory, not with strength of arms and armies, but with the gracious power of God. By singing those words to Jesus, his followers were acknowledging that Jesus was the one for whom believers had longed for centuries. The plea of the endangered became the praise of the rescued of their advent king. By faith, we, we welcome that same unusual king of kings. He deserves our obedience. He deserves our preparation. He deserves our hope and our pre- He deserves all that because this king came to save us. He suffered so you would not. He died so you would live. He conquered so you would be free. And now in grateful response to your Savior King, Advent melodies of praise fill every aspect of your life. Those Advent melodies to your coming King, they fill your words those lo- through lo- as you offer loving words that build up your spouse or your child or your, your brother or sister or a classmate or a coworker or a friend. Those Advent melodies, they break forth when you make the worship of this coming King your highest priority as well as the study of his word. Those Advent melodies burst forth each new day when you wake up remembering that sin no longer has power over you. It no longer controls you and death will not destroy you because Jesus came to save you. Those Advent melodies fill your worship life as Jesus comes to you through words, through water, through bread and wine to bless you richly with forgiveness and life. Yet this same king is still on his way. He no longer rides on borrowed coats on the back of a donkey carrying him to suffering and death. Instead, on the last day, he will rip open the heavens and come down. Jesus will come in glory to judge the living and the dead. And yes, he will send every unbeliever to eternal condemnation and hell, but he will bring every believer body and soul to be with him in heaven forever. Our hearts and voices, they fill with eternal songs of praise, not Christmas jingles, but Advent songs of salvation. Hosanna to the coming King. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Like so many believers before us, we watch and we wait for his coming. Even during this busy musical time of year, we prepare for the King who comes to save us, even as we prepare for the celebration of Christmas with all its events and activities. We praise the coming King who will finish what he has begun. We join our voices with all those believers of all time. Hosanna to the coming King. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen.